And yes, I think for me, uh, I will be living in Ukraine. I mean, I love the place and I love Kiev. I, I visited Kharkiv, I visited Mariupol, and I want to see other cities there, which I couldn't do it last year when I was there. I think I'll be back next month, <laughs> hopefully. And uh, yes, I am looking forward to staying there, living there for the next five years. This podcast shows that Ukraine is not what foreigners see on television. In reality, Ukrainian people are much better, much more interesting and friendly than other people expect. This podcast is about the real life, experiences, work, and personalities of Ukrainian people, as well as people who lived and love Ukraine, with a focus on the capital Kiev, so that foreigners discover the positive truth about Ukraine hear the voices of Ukrainians, visit the country and invest in the economy, creating more opportunities for the younger Ukrainian generations to stay and build their country. Hello, my name is Aziz and I have a deep connection with Ukraine. My grandfather volunteered in 1987 to help clean the Chernobyl chemical radiation because he believed in humanity. He was a real hero for me and even though he struggled with cancer after that for the rest of his life. He always told me many great things about Ukraine and its people. Then from 2018 to 2019, for two years, I began working with UNICEF in Ukraine to build orphanages for the children who lost their families in the war. I could not return to Ukraine in 2020 because of coronavirus. So this project is my volunteer work to help Ukraine, and thank you all so much for the support. This podcast now is ranking number one on Apple Podcasts about Ukraine, top 100 travel podcasts in Switzerland, top 60 travel podcasts in the UK, top 30 in the Netherlands, top 25 on Apple Russia, and top 20 on Apple Poland. My guest today is Kiran Ramaya. From Bangalore University to Data Camp to Udemy, from Snap Fitness 24-7 to Core Fitness India, to being the assistant vice president at Gympic and the founder of AdFit, Kiran loves yoga, meditation, and the city of Kiev. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic, uh, Abdul. Thanks for uh, the introduction. And uh, I, I would love to call you Aziz, if I'm not wrong. Yep. So yes. I'm doing great. I'm doing great today, and thank you for this uh, opportunity to speak with you, and uh, especially to speak to you about Kiev. I'm really excited to speak with you about it. And um, yes, it's fantastic. Look, I'm gonna love this. We're gonna play a lot. And my first, very first question, which I'm curious about: How sure. was that first moment when it was the very first time your plane landed in the airport and you set foot? in Kiev and you began discovering the city. It was uh, definitely a one of a kind experiences that I've had so far <laughs> visiting any other countries. I think with Kiev, the first impression uh, as soon as I landed in Kiev, uh, talking to the immigration people was a bit of a challenge. Uh, uh, they, they thought that, you know, I, I, I don't speak, uh, of course, I don't speak Russian and they were trying to, you know, speak to me in Ukrainian and I was a little bit confused. 
because I learned a few, I had learned a few words in uh, Russian and I thought everybody, most of them speak in Russian. But then uh, they were trying to interact with me in Ukrainian. I was trying to reply to them a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, Russian. And it, it was a bit of a challenge. Of course, then I had to use my phone to translate what I was trying to tell them. And officers were definitely very great there. And they kind of helped me understand because there were a lot of processes that I had to go through before I <laughs> exit the airport. And uh, yes, it was fantastic. I think the first thing uh, I, I kind of spent about an hour and a half after I landed within the airport area and talking to all these officers. And then once I came out, got out of the airport and it was absolutely, you know, I think uh, coming from a place like India and, move, uh, you know, seeing a place like, you know, the Kiev and it, it was a great experience and the kind of, the first thing that I noticed is that the city is very silent compared to where I come from. And this this was a, a great experience and I loved it. And I loved every bit of um, uh, the view, I mean, the, the kind of landscapes and the kind of city itself. Uh, it's definitely a beautiful place to be in. And um, uh, I think uh, the most importantly, uh, I love the weather because I, I come from a city where it's pretty hot. And of course, the weather is beautiful, they say, in India especially in Bangalore, south of Bangalore, where I come from. Uh, but then I I, uh, I fell in love with the weather that it has to give. Yeah, that, that was my first impression. I have so many comments. One, people in Ukraine say that Kiev is noisy, and I have visited Mumbai, and I know what you mean, that it's so full of people all the time, that there is no privacy, and it's always noisy, and I can understand and relate. And and to me, I remember in 2018, I arrived in February from Brazil, which was hot. So I had like more mm-hmm. summer clothes. Mm-hmm. And then I arrived to the airport in when it was minus seven degrees. That was one of the coldest winters. I think it reached minus 25. Mm-hmm. And the airline lost my bag. So I had to <laughs> exit and go in summer clothes in minus seven degrees. So I was like, what is this? This is like welcoming me. I feel like the, one of those Slavic people who swim in the in the lake when it's frozen. <laughs> so I was like, Brazilian clothing and <laughs> minus seven in Kiev. Tell me, what do you want to comment? Yeah, yeah that, that is crazy. I mean, I think the weather always surprises. I think uh, you, you need to be very um, adaptive to the kind of weather <laughs> because, you know, uh, I've traveled from very extreme hot countries to the places where extreme cold and uh, there it takes some time for you to get adjusted to these uh, uh, the, the weather fluctuations and when <laughs> when you lose your uh, baggage at the airport it's a disaster <laughs> and you have to somehow pull yourself up and then somehow try to survive <laughs> drinking some hot yes. uh, tea and <laughs> that's all no, you can it's survive even exiting the airport to go to the taxi in minus seven that oh. wasn't fun at all <laughs> i then later on I had I was like wearing um, those summer sneakers to go buy boots for the snow because you can't walk in the snow in normal sneakers it gets too wet and you yeah. keep sliding but hey to me I believe as I say to my brother all the time it's all part of the initiation if you know Joseph Campbell he says that for the boy to become a man or a man to become stronger, he needs to go through difficult initiation moments. So I always say, I laugh and I say, well, it's all part of the journey and the initiation. Now, sure. I want to ask you about something specific, sure. meditation and yoga. Let's begin with one of those. 
which one is more core? Is it the yoga through the body movements and the, or is the yoga also a facet and a part of the meditation? I just want to know, I know both are important, which is more of a core practice for you? Meditation. Okay. So for me, um, uh, if you ask me which is the main core, uh, I, I believe in meditation uh, because that's where once you put your mind in place, I think everything can, can fall into fall into this place. You know, if you're trying to do something, I think you need to first straighten your mind. And that's where I come into the picture. You know, I, I believe mostly uh, it's the meditation that can actually get you to where you want to go. And uh, yes, meditation and yoga, they say it's a connection between your mind and your soul. And uh, you, people have a lot of understanding about yoga because I come from, I'm also a certified yoga professional and I teach yoga. In fact, I also took a class of yoga in um, Ukraine when I was there last time. And um, I think it's all about uh, understanding your own uh, body, understanding your own mind and practicing it to an extent where you become completely um, uh, ease, ease with all the practice that you make. I think that's the most uh, important about yoga. For me, it's about meditation. That's where my core interest is in. And that's where I am going. And that's where I am practicing. Um, that's how I uh, talk to people about uh, meditation more than the yoga. Uh, that, that's, 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 that's it about, you know, that's pretty much about it. We will speak about meditation a lot, but first, yeah. where in Kiev can some foreigner find English classes and courses and practices for meditation and or yoga? Uh, for me, uh, there was a class that I took. In fact, uh, one of the persons, uh, it was very difficult for me to take classes uh, in the Ukrainian or the Russian language because I think... Uh, I had one of my, um, I think I, I took class with my wife and uh, she uh, speaks uh, Ukrainian and Russian both. So I went along with her and I sat in the class and I was, I told her that whatever I'm going to speak, now you translate it into uh, the Russian or the Ukrainian, which was the language they understand, the crowd understands. And I initially did not want to take class because I thought uh, the language is going to be a bit of a difference. Because uh, whatever I speak, they may not understand. Whatever they speak, I may not be able to understand. But then the instructor who was there, she was teaching. And she kind of insisted. She said, no, I mean, you have to come and teach. As at least one, we need to know how Indians really practice yoga. And um, how uh, they kind of, uh, how different we are. We would like to understand ourselves how different we are practicing. So I tagged along with my wife. And then we went and we gave a class for about one and a half hour. And whatever I was doing, I was trying to, exp I was speaking only in English and then I was able to, she was able to translate it into uh, to all the Ukrainians there and that's how the class went on and it turned out to be, uh, I think, one of the best classes they ever had. Uh, the next day, uh, I, I get to know from all of them that, you know, they even couldn't go to the office, <laughs> they had to take off and they had to stay back home because of, you know, the muscle cramps that they had because of the yoga session. And I, I was thinking that, you know, I actually had a very mild yoga session, but then it went on to be a very extensive class. That sounds like fun. And now, I'm assuming, is your wife Ukrainian, correct? Yes, yes, she is. Okay, how do you compare, since, of course, you chose to marry a Ukrainian woman, yeah. how is her attitude, personality, thoughts, or culture even, or the way she is, compared to women in India, just to contrast and compare the two? Yes. 
I think it has been, uh, you know, initially when I first, uh, I think about three years ago when we first met and uh, uh, I, I think there was a lot of different perspectives about how India actually functions and how <laughs> Indians really uh, talk because we are mostly about a um, little bit of towards the spirituality and we believe in uh, a lot of um, beliefs. It's more of belief system, you know, because my ancestors and ancestors, they believed in something and that carries on in the Indian system especially in Indian culture, it's all about, uh, you know, uh, doing particular things in a certain way. And even for that marriage, you know, you have to get married in the same manner. You have to uh, sit in this way. You have to go to this temple in a certain way. You have to go to temple in certain. You have to eat this. You shouldn't eat that. All of it was a bit of a challenge initially. But then I think with her, um, I mean, that's how I, I just spoke about the Indians. But I think with about uh, Ukrainians and I think my wife, I think she is, definitely been very um, accommodating and she's definitely adopted a lot of uh, what we kind of practice but at the same time uh, there is no force I mean we do not say that okay you should do this you should do that it's not like that I mean it's it's the way we live we, I mean when we decided two different people decided to live together I think uh, you should understand and um, accept each other the way they are and uh, and one should go hand in hand you know and that's how um, and that's how we've been doing. I think it's a fantastic journey. I think for her, if I ask her about how, uh, in fact, recently we were talking about how different it was when she, when she first came to India and then how it is now. And then automatically she said that a lot of things that are being followed here, she kind of picked up automatically. Uh, it's not because of, uh, you know, forcefully or somebody is telling. And that kind of energy, you know, the kind of energies that are around, it's something picks up and then you learn something on your own and then, you just follow along. You know, the same thing happened with me when I was living in Ukraine. Um, uh, uh, a lot of things, you know, I, I was not used to doing so many things in here. And then when I was there, I, I kind of I automatically picked up doing certain things during the day. Maybe even just going for probably a run or a walk and practicing yoga. And these are the things at different times. Uh, we started doing different things. And even for that matter, it's about the food. The kind of food that we have here is absolutely different than the kind of food it is over there for her to even to adjust to the kind of food we eat here especially for us it's rice rice is like god for us and for them it's it's a if i have to substitute it's probably it would be potatoes <laughs> so that that's uh, that's kind of a different uh, experience altogether i think you need to spend some time with uh, you know understanding a different like how i, I spent some time there in ukraine to understand how uh, how i should be able to kind of because for me the food was a major constraint i mean when i came in over there i mean i'm not a vegetarian but i eat only chicken i don't eat anything else any other meat uh, but then for her it's and for her family it was totally different for them chicken is not a meat at all <laughs> it is just no, normal food and that they eat once in a while so it, it was a different challenge i think uh, for us uh, it's all about accommodating to uh, your present situation and uh, trying to understand i think it's more of an understanding that is required to be in any place for that matter. Even if somebody wants to come to India, it's about uh, giving it a time. I mean, instead of kind of judging how the place is, how the city is, how the people are, you just need to kind of uh, involve yourself. Maybe for one or two days is all you need to kind of get adjusted to your own uh, way of life. And everything is still normal. I mean, there is nothing that one has to change. Everything still goes normal. It's just that people are around in India uh, can accommodate anybody and everybody in a way that they will make everybody feel comfortable. So, yeah, I love what you're saying. 
it's like a metaphor for yoga where you accommodate to the position, you're relaxing to it, you get adapted to it, and that's what you're doing to the food and to everything. And I can really comment because I yeah. had friends from India as well as Asia, and we will have pizza, which to me was like, okay, pizza, that's like a heavy food. And they will say, oh, I'm still hungry because I didn't have rice. And I'm yes. like, what? what do you mean? This is pizza. It's like fulfilling. They're like, no, I'm hungry. We need rice. I cannot. Absolutely. I think we have our own way of, you know, sticking to certain things and we get used to it. And um, I've been eating probably rice from the last 30 years of my life. And suddenly if you ask me, you know, there is no rice for you. You only have to eat this. It gets a little bit of challenging. So, yes. Great. And to ask you about meditation, I will say that there are at least three things that are noticeable when it comes to meditation. One is, like you said, straightening your mind or in a way that is my experience since I meditated for eight years, that emotions flow through you, whether negative or a positive, they become just energy that recharges you and gives you that drive and passion and everything is wonderful. Another thing is the ability to actually be in the moment and stop your mind and be totally present and everything is more vivid, the tastes are more delicious, the emotions are more full and transparent at the same time, if I might explain it in that way, is they're both real and unreal at the same time. And time becomes slower, like before, what was to me now, what is my experience in a day now, used to be a week or more before that, before the whole year passed like it's a week and I'm like, what's happening? Life is passing away. But when you meditate, the day massages itself into a longer experience. But to you, can you speak about the main benefits you experienced through meditation when you began it? How was your experience before? Sure. I think uh, meditation, uh, what I say is that meditation is a workout for your brain, like how you go to gym and you know build your muscle to you know work out your physical body you know how you kind of work out on your biceps or a triceps or a legs or a squats it's the same thing for your brain meditation is it's just about that initially i think we start very slowly how we start very slowly lifting about two kilos of dumbbell or three kilos of dumbbell and it's the same way you practice for three minutes and five minutes and ten minutes and you go on for about 20, 20 minutes and an hour i think that's how you get stronger so what i is i think i started meditation about uh, six years ago and uh, initially i just started off uh, doing a bit of um, uh, just doing about 5 minutes or 10 minutes a day but then i wanted to learn more deep, deep get deep deep dive into it to learn what it is all about because i i felt good even i did it for about 3 days and i felt really good about it so i being in a fitness industry and talking about health i thought okay yes let me learn more about it and get into it so that's how uh, i got into you know, one of the universities here uh, it's called Vivekananda University in India. It's very popular across the globe for uh, people to uh, come and even learn or study about yoga. There are there are courses from basic, advanced to master degree, even the PhD level of courses. But then I, I did the basic course um, in, way back, I think, 2015, around that time. I did that and then I immediately started uh, acknowledging uh, you know, the way the yoga works and how it is. Because I, I personally did... Uh, one of the uh, research on meditation because everybody who goes through certain programs in the universities should take up one particular uh, um, 
course, it can be meditation or it can be a Surya Namaskar. It can be any asanas. Uh, but I, I chose meditation because I, I really loved it. So I did some bit of research on meditation. And I think meditation is just not about... Um, I did basically I worked on a project report for meditation. So what I learned is that meditation is just not about uh, uh, trying to calm your mind. I think it's more or less uh, trying to understand and acknowledge the kind of feelings you're going through and accept it instead of trying to push away some thoughts. You don't have to do it. I mean, any there can be many number of thoughts that that can go in. Even if you sit, close your eyes and sit for about even for a minute. I think you come across so many thoughts and you get distracted easily. But it's not about pushing any thoughts away. It's about acknowledging them in a way that you don't have to worry about it. So anything that comes to your mind, you need to acknowledge it, and, you know, kind of swallow it and then give space to new things, new, um, uh, it's like give way for new opportunities to flow in. It's just very similar, in a very similar fashion, give way for new energies to flow into your mind. And uh, think about positive energies. And whenever I meditate, it's all about, they say that, you know, when you, you have to breathe in and breathe out, it's all about, you know, you breathe in all the positive energies and breathe out all the negative energies. And that's how I, I kind of uh, do meditation. That's how I teach meditation. Whenever I talk about it, whenever you, this is a very simple practice, breathe in and breathe out is all about it. But then when you breathe in, it's all about the energies coming in and going out. So whatever energies that you take in, this is the most important thing for you to, um, be calm or maybe you need for you need for, for you to practice meditation i think i think that's something very important you know think about positive energies and let go of all the negative energies and that is all about breathing breathing in and breathing out and that has been my experience so far learning meditation i like what you're saying and for many people of course it's absolutely wonderful useful and important to, like you said calm your mind but more it's not about calming your mind it's about breathing in positive energy and letting out negative energy and to me because you know there are different ways and different schools of meditation to me meditation is about not fighting with yourself so in a way it's like loving the negative emotions to death which means there is no you it's all the emotions or if you look at a tree there is no you it's the process of the tree being there in every moment and it's amazing if i might explain it that it feels like life is so real and so present but at the same time it's like a flow of a river at the same time happening and it's fun and it all begins with breathing in and breathing out and i remember there is a zen master who said uh, some student came to him and said oh for a whole year i've been breathing in and breathing out for for every day I'm bored, is there more? So he told him, I know people who have been breathing in and out meditating for 20 years and they still learn something new every day. <laughs> sure, sure. That's absolutely true. I think everything, I think every day it's like every day you practice meditation, you learn something new. So that's why it's important. They say, they say at least give five minutes of your time every day or 10 minutes of your time. It's it's just not about time. It's about what you learn during that one minute or two minutes. I would even say that do it for a minute or two. You know, a lot of people that I speak to, I say, please give it about one minute or two minutes. Start with one minute. That's more than enough. Maybe you might have done half an hour yesterday or 30 minutes last week. Even if you can't do it, just do it one minute. I think that's, uh, it'll kind of reorganize all your thought process. And maybe you, you may have a better thought process once you finish, even after that one minute of meditation. So. 
I agree with you. This is wonderful and one of my most favorite topics. But sure. also to ask you again, how okay. did you change as a person, not just as a thought, okay, more straightened out, like you said, thought, sure. but did you feel more embodied? Do you feel that your connection with your wife is much deeper because of the meditation? Because to me, human connections and humans and those bonds become so much more deep and meaningful simply because I am, I have meditated as well as there is in uh, Vipassana this saying that what is pure purifies, which means you, by being a meditator and more present and more in flow with emotions, sure. through mirror neurons, just by walking around people, they will feel in a meditative state just with your presence. I'm not saying like as a guru, of course, the guru or Ocho or anyone will have it like a million times more. But it. compared to other humans, you will walk around and they will feel at peace just because you're there. And that is a wonderful way of it's it's like passive or silent service, which is by your presence, you're of service to the world by calming people's minds, just by being calm around them. Can you comment on this or whether this was your experience? and? Yes, yes, absolutely. I think for me, uh, meditation, I think, has changed uh, in a lot many ways. It's just not about um, just being calm or it's not just not about making, um, just accepting your, you know, accepting all your thoughts that are coming in while meditating. I think meditation has helped in so many ways where I can probably talk about it the whole day. <laughs> but yes, I think uh, to say uh, in a few words, I would say that it's just not about, um, uh, like I've said, coming or uh, looking at the way the things are. It's also about decision making. I think that's one of the major ways it has impacted uh, to me uh, in making decisions uh, about life or about work or about, uh, you know, anything, anything that comes, any small decisions to major decisions. I think that has helped in a way where you think mindfully and you uh, work mindful, mindfully you do whatever you're doing mindfully and that is the most important uh, thing that has helped meditation actually helps one to do something very mindfully um I, in in personal life yes uh, uh, i mean there are a lot of things in anybody's uh, life that may, in any relationship for that matter there are ups and downs and for us uh, it has been a great uh, experience to you know two different worlds joining together and making a life out of it and at the same time i think with meditation we think mindfully and uh, when i say mindfully uh, we look at it in a different perspective if, if there can be anything for example if there is an issue at work you don't it can be maybe it is directly related to you uh, you don't have to look at it from face to face maybe you just come out of it look at it from a third point perspective think outside the box and see how the issues or the problems can be sorted you know that's how uh, i think meditation is helping me uh, handle a lot of issues in terms of my work, in terms of my personal life. Uh, you, I have started looking at looking at things in a different perspective altogether. It's just not about looking at one on one. It's about giving. It's like they say it's bird's eye, you know, the third point view, bird's view. It's just like that. I think that has helped in a lot many ways. And I think uh, it's about when I say about decision making. I think meditation, uh, like you rightly mentioned, it gives you it makes pure a little more uh, gives you a little more purity in what you uh, think i think uh, 
yes, like you mentioned Vipassana, that is something that I am trying to go in this year. I wanted to go last year, but I've been uh, doing, I've been traveling, I've been working. Uh, at the same time, so I couldn't make time for the Vipassana. But yes, this year I'm for sure going to go for Vipassana and uh, make my thoughts more pure and <laughs> and uh, make it make it more, uh, uh, I can say, white. <laughs> And uh, yes, I think that's that's pretty much. I, I think that's something that I can speak about. Yeah, this is wonderful, and I have a big sense that you are more of an entrepreneur, especially you're the founder of AdFit yeah. and things like that. To yeah. ask you two things: yeah. Were you always somewhat of an entrepreneur, or is this something that meditation has turbocharged and added to you, like you mentioned? by being able to make better decisions and having that what is called in psychology observant ego where you look objectively at situations to make the better decision which comes through meditation and not being so affected by the emotions driving you and pulling you and tugging you in different directions but more about were you always an entrepreneurial spirit or how did you evolve and mature as a person and see entrepreneurship as a way for me to uh, express myself and impact this world. So to say that, yes, I think uh, my I was not an entrepreneur all the time. I think I have worked from various levels uh, in the industry. I've come a long way in terms of where I am today. I think entrepreneurship started about five, six years ago around the same time when I learned yoga. Uh, I, I didn't connect the dots between yoga and the entrepreneurship at that time. Uh, because I was doing individually yoga practice and I, I started slowly moving my focus towards creating something new to the uh, health and fitness business because I was learning yoga. Yes, it's a health and fitness. But then for me, the thought of uh, starting something in the health and fitness space, I started off a yoga studio in the name of AdFit and I started off an event company in the name of AdFit. I started off a business consultancy firm in the name of AdFit. And I also started talking about an app called AdFit. So all these four or five things I think I did together uh, in the particular space at the same time I was learning yoga. I think it went hand in hand at the same time. But then, yes, it also kind of, uh, I was very excited to launch something in the fitness space. And then I did a lot of it together and then some of it failed. And that's when I realized the importance of, you know, calming yourself and uh, look at things in different perspective. I think that's when that helped me. Uh, when I was doing or launching the companies, uh, working for the companies, although I was learning yoga parallelly, that didn't help me. When I started failing at the business uh, that I was doing, that's when I think yoga helped me to kind of look at, look at things in a very different perspective, trying to go every, go slow in what I'm doing, think mindfully about and that's when I start, that's when I mentioned about decision making. With a lot of decisions that I took uh, in the in the past uh, when I was starting the company was most of it were wrong. And then when I started thinking mindfully about what I'm doing and how I should go forward, and that's where I think meditation came in place for me so to make the right decisions about the business, what to let go, what not to let go, and how to let go of things, or not to hold on to something even though it may be your favorite part or if it's a favorite business or you have put in a lot of emotions there. But then I think at some point you have to let go because that's not what is going to give you anything. It's not about that. It's about how gracefully you make any kind of a decision and that matters to you to grow. I think that really helped. And, and that's where for me the technology side of the business picked up. When I decided to let go of one of the businesses that was doing very bad 
And I, I really felt very bad letting that go. But I think that kind of decision was a great move for me because that one kind of gave me another opportunity to focus more on the technology side of the business, which I'm doing right now, working on an app, uh, helping the fitness business move all the business uh, decisions just using their app. That's something that I'm doing right now. I think if I had not done that at that time, and I wouldn't have probably been in a pleasant situation or a present place that I'm, that I'm right now. So yes, that's how it has helped me. And it is still helping me a lot in making many decisions. Yeah, I think- Thank you so much. Really, this is wonderful to finish because this is so exciting. I can speak about meditation all day. And like you said, you can give a seminar of like three weeks just about it. But let's speak about Ukraine. Two things. Sure. One, do you, do you have some stories or experiences in Kiev that are meaningful to you that you remember fondly? Two, yes. could you someday live actually in Kiev for maybe a year or more? Or is it already settled that you will stay living with your wife in India, as it seems to me to be the case? Uh, so, yes, I think to talk about that, no, I mean, I'll be back in Ukraine next month. <laughs> I've been living there for a year. I will be back in living in Ukraine probably for the next five years, I'm hoping. And... Um, Yes, to say about a couple of places that I have seen the kind of changes, uh, like I think in the winter, currently they do this uh, in one of these places, I think the rivers, uh, this is something that I got to know recently, that the rivers, uh, one of many rivers, I don't know the name of it, but then the rivers that where people, you know, go inside and, you know, put themselves inside three times, they go in and they come out three times and then they think that a lot of sins are washed out. Um, I think this is definitely a very surprising thing to me, like how it surprised me when I visited one of these um, uh, place called uh, Peshers Lavra, I think Peshers Lavra in the um, in Kiev. I think uh, this is where a lot of people, uh, like a lot of saints were being buried alive there and uh, their coffins are still there and people visit and believe in, uh, you know, expressing their sorrows expressing their feelings and think that the issues they kind of you know get rid of all the problems this was very amazing i mean this is something which was i was amazed by how people uh we talk about europe and we talk about people in india think about europe and they don't believe in this they don't believe in that and they don't believe in certain things and they worship certain god they worship they only talk to christ jesus I think it's not about that. I think it's all about what I have learned, what I've seen is that uh, it is more of uh, uh, expressing your um, feelings or the energies, uh, expressing your sorrows in a different way that I maybe I would have never thought that would be there, something like that uh, in, in place like Kiev, because uh, you visit a place and then you see some people are in front of a coffin and which is maybe 600 years old or 500 years old. Um, standing there and expressing the sorrows and hoping that uh, their problems are solved. I think this was something very amazing for me to be um, uh, experience, amazing for me to experience something like that. And yes, I think for me, uh, I will be living in Ukraine. I mean, I love the place and I love Kiev. I, I visited Kharkiv, I visited Mariupol, and I want to see other cities there, which I couldn't do it last year when I was there. I think I'll be back next month, <laughs> hopefully, and. Uh, Yes, I am looking forward to staying there, living there for the next five years and exploring more of what Kiev has to give me.
I love that answer. And yes, the energy in Kiev is so wonderful. It's a great, great city that in some ways fill you with so much creativity and the people when you get to know them are so kind and wonderful and lovely. Yes, Kieran, if people want to connect with you, you can say anything you want. Please yes. share more. And if people want to connect with you, know more about you, speak with you, where, what is the best place to go and which links do you want to share? I think I would say my Facebook and my LinkedIn. Um, if somebody wants to just befriend me, it's Facebook. <laughs> Let's talk about business and work and opportunities. Yes, it's LinkedIn. And uh, because I, I am, since I'm working on an app right now, I would want more of a tech brains. And I'm sure Kiev is tech city. And uh, that's where I would want to make connections there and work with people, uh, uh, work with people of Kiev to kind of launch my product globally. And uh, yes, they can connect with me on LinkedIn, they connect with me on uh, Facebook. I would love to interact and talk about more, talk more about what I have and what I'm doing and how, since I'm going to be there for the longest time now, and maybe we can someday catch up there and uh, explore what can be done together. Yes. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And I wish you a brilliant day. Thank you so much, uh, Aziz. It was great speaking. It was a wonderful opportunity to talk with you about Keep <laughs> something very surprising and something very unusual for me <laughs> but it was a fantastic experience talking to you thank you so much for your time